Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special Oscar edition of The Short Report. I am Zach Scorsese. Ooh, and I'm uh, one of the documentarians who <laughs> uh, yeah. goes home to a one-bedroom apartment after going to the Oscars in a rented tux. Mm. You didn't need to be like... Luke Junho. That's a bit from some comedian. I forget who does that bit, but I don't want oh, yeah. to credit for it. Uh, I'm Abigail Breslin. No, oh, you have to say your own first name. I was nominated for an Oscar once, and I suck now. <laughs> I don't Just kidding, I'm Luke. Yeah, this works. <laughs> Anyways. You don't like my hot takes about the Oscars? Oh, they're the hottest. Uh, what has <laughs> Abigail Breslin done recently? That I don't even remember. Zombieland 2. Oh, yeah. I guess that's why I don't remember seeing her in that. Anyway. Um, don't Shout out to Abigail Breslin. Yeah, we love uh, you. I hope you're happy in life. Yeah. Um, welcome to Oscars times. Tonight, we're going to talk about Nefta Football Club. <laughs> because it yeah. looks like the most, I guess, not the most interesting, but certainly the most upbeat of the uh, shorts that are nominated for an Oscar, the live action ones at least. Yeah. I, I even saw an article as I was looking through them. It was like, oh, it, I don't remember the title, but it was like, all of the Oscar nominated shorts are very depressing this year. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, that would be fun to talk about. But Which is surprising because it always seems to me that in the short, uh, in the short film format, it's probably easier to do lighthearted stuff. Yeah, you'd think like, so. It always seems like such a challenge to try and get a really heartfelt, really like dramatic narrative across in less than like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Yeah. So so, how about those actors? Yeah. Um, so as far as I can see, like on IMDb, there's only four actors credited for this film. Okay. Which there's more than four people in it, but yeah. like the standout is clearly the guy who plays Salim, who I think is the first guy we see, the kind of the head okay. uh, guy who has the binoculars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He has done quite a lot of uh, French film, French Middle Eastern film. Uh, he has directed a couple films. He has like 48 credits as an actor. Wow. Um, so he's he's working. He's doing good stuff. Yeah, that's nice. And then uh, all of the other actors that are even credited on the IMDb have like 10 credits or less. And, you know, I want to be it's certainly true that there is film out there that gets made that is not on IMDb and there's really cool film and cool stuff made in all different corners of the world. And who knows what else these fellows have done. But not much that is on imdb yeah um, and i mean two of so, them were probably the the two little kids so they yeah got the future head maybe right mm-hmm. but that's it that's all i have to talk about really <laughs> yeah i mean uh well there's a couple a couple more uh credit credit uh having people on my side <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure that's a better way to say that. Prolific. That's a good word. <laughs> there you go. That works. Uh, not the director, though. Strangely, the uh, written and directed by Yves Piat, who did a short in 2001 called Tempest Fugit, 
And that's his only other credit on IMDb apart from an acting credit. But oh, I interesting. did, you know, speaking of looking at different sources, I had to go to French Wikipedia. And I also found that he did a, did a movie in 2016 called Le Dernier Moonwalk. Mm. Um, and, you know, I was wondering, I wonder what he did in the 15 years in between that. Right. But, you know, maybe he's getting into a streak or something now. Yeah, I mean, good for him as a as a relatively new filmmaker to, you know, yeah. make a film that's so highly regarded and so well made as this film is. So mm -hmm. good on him. There's uh, four. Well, there's two producers, Damien McGarby and Justin Peckerty, maybe is how you pronounce that. Um, <laughs> they have almost all the same credits, so I have to imagine they're a duo. Uh, yeah. Justin has a few more, uh, but. Uh, pretty much all of them for both of them are shorts and then the executive producers are riyad and selma tabet who are related in some way i would have to assume um and this is kind of interesting because uh, uh selma uh, is a woman riyad is a man i don't know if they're married or not but she has a few credits in the sound department starting around 2010 and then she has produced two films over the last two years both with uh, riyad he has producing credits from 2003 to the present but he also has sound department credits from 1986 to 1990. So Whoa. that was it was kind of interesting to me that he was doing that back in the day and then took a break for a while and then yeah. was like, maybe I'll try producing instead. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's working out for him to a reasonable degree. He's an yeah. Oscar nominee now. so You know, he found his niche eventually, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, music by Jerome Rossi who has 40 composer credits. Hell yeah. Uh, mostly shorts and documentaries. Um, and I, I should have said this pretty much about everyone I've just mentioned. Uh, almost all of these are French movies. So right. I, I'm not naming names because I haven't heard of any of them. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, cinematographer Valentin Vignet, 15 credits, mostly shorts and docs as well. But I don't know if you remember hearing about this movie called Faces Places from 2017. It rings a bell. Okay. Yeah, it was a, a documentary, and it was nominated for an Oscar that year. Okay. And he was the cinematographer on that. Um, and I thought it was kind of fun, because that was directed by Agnes Varda. And oh, wow. I was like, this dude got to work with, like, a, basically a legendary figure in, in film. Yeah, so, that's amazing. You know, good job for him. And, I mean, the cinematography in this film is really good. So, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, there, there's some really great... Really fun moments too, which it, like using cinematography, yeah, um, which we can we can touch on. But funnily enough, probably the the most prolific person is is my spotlight for this episode, the post production coordinator Arnaud Kachau, uh, has ninety six editorial department credits from damn two thousand one to now. But what's even crazier is ninety of those were in the last four years. What? <laughs> He worked as a post-production coordinator or like in charge of post-production stuff on 90 movies from 2016 to 2020. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, holy Christ. shit, dude. He is working. That's insane. I don't know what exactly he does on each of them, but right. yeah. God damn. Good for uh, him. And these, are, and these are like mostly like features and stuff too, including, wow. I mean, you know, I didn't recognize a lot of them, but I did recognize Personal Shopper. Oh, wow. On, so yeah. That was pretty cool. That's a great movie. <laughs> well, damn. Yeah. 
And then uh, maybe more interesting, though, were his first five credits from 2001 to 2004. He's credited as an avid technician, and then in parentheses, uncredited. Uh-huh. And, and avid, I don't know if, if you or the listeners know, is a, uh, a post-production like editing program. Okay. So I guess he was just sort of like a specialist in that and like helped out on Amelie, Irreversible, The Born Identity, and Alexander. What? Holy shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. Just like, you know, giving them pointers behind the scenes, I guess, on editing. I, guess. I don't know what that means, really. Well, good for him. And but yeah. good for him for job. working on all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, for real. Um, and then just, of course, this, this movie is for Oscar contention and has been uploaded by the production company to their own Vimeo page. So no real mystery here nope. as to how we watched it. Yep. And how you should watch it too. And you should watch it because it's cause excellent. I think it's, it's really yeah. good. I mean, I don't, you don't need us to say that. Yeah. <laughs> should we talk about why we think it's excellent? Yeah, let's go. So it's set uh, on the border of Algeria. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that it? I know that one. What was the other yeah. country? I didn't catch it. I don't think they ever mentioned. Okay. Um, but it's a really fascinating uh, landscape, really dusty and kind of wide open, like plateaus and uh, like semi-desert. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of real scenic shots, and we open up with these two men kind of out in the middle of the of the wilds, uh, and they're looking for something. Mm-hmm. And it's unsure what, but they've just got like binoculars and they're kind of like, I, I don't understand. This has never happened before. It's always right on time. And they keep referring to like it, mm-hmm. um, something that should be coming, but has not. Yeah. And I think it, you eventually realize, you know, there's the guy in charge and there's his sort of like bumbly, yeah. like underling character. Yeah. And he says something he has been given instructions on like how to send something on its way he you quickly realize it was some sort of like pack animal yeah uh, he was like just put the headphones on and give it a smack on the butt or something like that yeah but mysteriously it has not arrived at its destination <laughs> so then we get a shot of the the mule with the headphones on just like wandering in the desert yeah and then it just goes straight to the the kids on the bike yeah uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the order of this this opening scene, and they're arguing about like you know who's their favorite soccer player and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you know as kids do. And how, what I'm interested in what you think the age of these children is, because I think it's intentionally uh, I, obscured. <laughs> yeah, I I was discovered in the last episode that I'm not good at yeah. judging ages of children. <laughs> I would guess like twelve and seven or eight or something what would you say yeah i would guess for the younger one like six seven eight and then for the older one he's probably 13 or 14 okay um but clearly trying to be older and i think that that's Mm -hmm. i'll get to this uh, a little bit later but that's like thematically important to the film but yeah and they get it across in some like interestingly not necessarily like subtle ways but you know when he he pulls out a cigarette and starts like smoking while he's riding his little bike around and yeah, you know, even though no one's around, you can tell that he sort of is doing it to try and feel older than he is in a way. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, they're riding around on their uh, motorbike, 
um, talking about soccer. At some point in here, there is a little uh, inner cut of a little soccer montage mm-hmm. where there's like a little argument because they they are just kind of playing soccer out in the middle of uh, in the middle of nowhere. They don't have any lines painted on like the field, so there's like an argument about whether the ball went out or not. It's very quick, mm-hmm. um, but there's a little soccer montage. Yeah, and then they're back on the bike. Uh, they're going along. And this is when the cigarette thing happens. They stop because the younger kid has to go pee. Um, mm-hmm. So he like kind of runs over this hill by the side of the road to go pee. And that's when the older kid like lights his cigarette and is like all cool and like moody and stuff. Yeah. And I love the reason that the young kid gave for running off so far. Is he was like, I want to pee into Algeria. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, pee yeah. In the my country where my favorite soccer player lives or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the older brother is just kind of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> he just like lets him go. <laughs> yeah, doesn't care. And um, and it's in Algeria while taking a piss is where the younger kid sees the uh, mule or donkey or, yeah. or whatever yeah. uh, wearing the headphones and has a, a saddlebags on it. And it's this and really it's kind of funny, <laughs> it's a hilarious little uh, moment, like a little a bit of mm-hmm. nice cinematography where it just kind of is like a wide shot. And it's just this kid and this donkey just like staring at each other uh, in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. quite funny. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, starts, he's interested, I guess, and he starts pulling the donkey along back to his brother on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And at at some point, he himself puts on the headphones and starts dancing around. Yeah. Just like not really caring. He's like, look, I found a donkey and some headphones, whatever. Yeah. While the older brother's inspecting it. And the older brother's like, that probably belongs to somebody. Put it back. And the younger kid's like, who does it belong to? There's nobody out here. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Um, And then we go back to our first two characters that we saw, right? Isn't that right here? Mm Mm-hmm uh yeah <laughs> so uh leader leader guy uh is just peeved and he's like i don't understand this has never happened before i've 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 I trained my donkey to come back uh come back home whenever it hears this adele song mm-hmm. which is hilarious in and of itself but yeah then, i thought that was just gonna be the joke yeah it's so funny um and then our clueless uh little helper guy is like wait what and the main guy's like, this Adele song. I told you to put the Adele song in the headphones. And he comes home when he hears the Adele song. And apparently there's some artist whose name is like Hadel with like an H. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> oh, I thought you meant it's so fucking Laurel and Hardy. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, I thought you meant Hadel. It's so who's on first. Yeah. Um, it's so good. So he didn't put on the right song, which is why the mule didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, what? I don't listen to music. I just put on whatever was on there. Yeah, yeah. Just this doofus guy. And that's like the last we see of them, isn't it? Yep. Until post-credits. Yeah. They're just like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can appreciate there's something about like just these two establishing characters just being goofy. And then like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, we're done with them. It's a short. You got to be economical. Right. And they um, definitely are. So we cut back and we see what the shipment that they were missing was is drugs of some sort. I'm assuming like heroin, maybe. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Whatever the drug is that I think it's cocaine that uh, smells like it tastes like like, powder. Yeah, it tastes like laundry detergent because the kid like kind of 
So they, they, they find the saddlebags are full of these bags of white powder. And the younger kid's like, what is it? Is it flour? And the older kid clearly right away is like, oh, and he kind of rips one open and like uh, uh, gums a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, here, load up all these bags into my, uh, uh, my, uh, into the, what is the fucking word I'm thinking of? Just like a, the cart. Like, uh, <laughs> like load it all into the cart. Uh, uh, yeah, just like a crate on the back of his bike, basically. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they do, they, you yeah. know, put it all in there and he's still, he's like throwing it at his brother. I was like, yeah. dude, you're spilling a lot of this shit everywhere. You might yeah. be a little more careful. Yeah. But then also they, they put it in the back of the thing and don't cover it up at all. And just driving around with big bags of, of drugs in the back yeah. of their thing. And I was like, all right, I guess he doesn't care. <laughs> and he lets the younger kid believe that it is laundry detergent. He just yeah. is like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. But he says, oh, but don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody about this. Because the kid goes, oh, mom's going to be so mad if she finds out we stole somebody's laundry detergent. And the older brother's like, don't tell anybody. And and they just kind of leave the donkey there. So I guess so, yeah. You know. Poor donkey. <laughs> and I guess, I guess the, I wonder if the little kid took the, uh, the MP3 player also. Because you never see him put that back. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. He got some fun out of it. So then we get a really nice little driving montage. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, with really cool music, it's very short, but mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the music that was like playing in the headphones also for, uh, that the donkey had been away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, w- w- when they get home, it was just a scene that was like so funny to me as an older brother. <laughs> I don't know how you found it, but they get in and he's like, all right, the older brother's like, all right, shh, come on, be quiet. We got to don't don't wake up mom. And the little kid's like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's going on? <laughs> It's like yeah, like <laughs> the older brother's like, no, yeah. no, shh, shh, come on. <laughs> and it, it happens like two or three times. Like the older brother's like, "All right, be quiet, mom's asleep. Don't wake her up." And the look is just like, "I'm exhausted." <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Luckily, the mom does not wake up though. Yeah, um, sound sleeper. And the um, older brother hides the drugs in a couch. Yep. So then the next day, uh, presumably. He wakes up and the younger kid wakes up and the older brother's like, all right, don't go anywhere. I'm going into town. The younger brother's like, can I come with you? He's like, no, don't, don't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, He goes to town. Very clear not to go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) He goes to town. He goes to this like garage uh, of like for like motorcycles or something where there are these two uh, yeah. older guys who are kind of seedy. Yeah. Uh, I had to assume that he knows them because yeah. they like fixed his bike at some point or something. Yep. It's a good excuse, I think, to like have him know people who he would be able to sell drugs to, I think. Right. And there is this really amazing shot of like from the inside of the shop when the when he shows up yeah. and he like stands in the door and the lighting is it like silhouettes him like a fucking superhero. It's so interesting because I think it's kind of indicative of how the older brother is attempting to present himself. Yeah. Yeah. I just appreciate that shot for how, how detailed the set of the uh, bike shop. I mean, I assume it was probably just in regular, like a real bike shop, but it, oh, it, yeah. there was so much going yeah. on in there. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's really nice. So he has like a little satchel of the drugs that he brought with him. Yeah. He's like, here, I have a lot of drugs. (laughs) I have drugs to sell you, basically. (laughs) And they're like, where'd you get it? And he's like, I found it in a trash can. 
Yeah. In my neighborhood, you come to my house and I have a whole lot that I can sell you. And they're like, yeah. all right, but you better not be fucking with us. I, I was uh, at this point, I was already like, this is a bad plan, my dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's a general disdain right from the beginning from these older men towards the brother mm-hmm. of kind of like, eh, don't, you know, don't waste our time. And he is about to waste their time. Yep. Because we see a shot that is a very fun shot. It's amazing. Uh, where the camera is sort of like attached to the top of one of the bags as the younger brother is like dragging it along the ground at their uh, soccer soccer field uh, playing area. And yeah. it's kind of like a smash cut to this. It's from like the intimidating dudes being like, you better not be wasting our time. And then it's like, boom, younger mm-hmm. brother has a duffel bag full of cocaine on the soccer field. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So you're immediately just like, well. Yeah. And he, he pulls it out and he starts handing around to his friends. And at this point, I was like, oh, shit, what's about to happen? I was, too. I was like, where is this going? Yeah. I thought it was going to be he was just going to be like, hey, I brought some laundry detergent for all my friends. Like now we all have laundry detergent or, you know, yeah, something like that. But uh, the reality is is even more fun. Yeah. So the older brother arrives home with the two thugs and the stash is missing and they are just pissed. And they're like, don't ever don't let us see you around again or like something like that. Basically, they're just like, yeah, yeah fuck you. Uh, and they they leave. I was so, so they'll, happy that the yeah. consequences weren't worse because I had the yeah, feeling. Oh like, my god, <laughs> could have been way worse. But yeah, they just kind of like sort of push them up against the wall and are like, you know, fuck you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes to see the younger brother. I guess he knew that he was at the the soccer field. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, what happened to the laundry detergent?" And we get. I, I've always said that like the best short films are sort of built around the moment, like a a, a good punchline or a good like scare. Mm. And yeah. this has a great one here. Yeah, I like that. Where <laughs> the uh, the younger brother is like, "Oh, we use the laundry detergent to lay out the lines for the soccer field, so that we won't, you know, get in fights over out of bounds or anything anymore." <laughs> yep. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yep. We get a beautiful uh, drone shot. Uh, that sort of like zooms up from the soccer field. A really, really long drone shot. It's amazing. Yeah, I was impressed. It yeah. was really good. And the the credits roll over that, and it's really, it's really nice. And a little more fun music too. Yeah. So yeah, it, it comes in under twenty minutes. It's yep. a lot of fun. They I, and they're able to like you know tell a story of sorts while also having that sort of punch at the end, and and I think it works really well. Yeah, it's about, you know, childhood and how, uh, you know, there's the clear dichotomy of the kind of innocence of the younger brother and the older brother trying to be something that he's not and trying to, you know, yeah be rid of his childhood, trying to be above his childhood. And the younger brother who just naively and purely kind of just accepts things for what they are and makes them work for him and so he takes all this all these valuable drugs that he has no idea that they are valuable and he makes them into something that works for him which is just lines for his soccer field yeah i think that's a really good summary yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I, I like it. So everybody go watch it. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I don't know what the odds are of it like winning the Oscar or anything, but I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, God, yeah, I have no idea. Oscar politics. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks for listening to this short report, everybody. Yeah. We'll uh, be back next week with a, a, another full-length episode, which I yes. think should be a fun one. Hell yeah. Because I found that the Digimon movie is on YouTube. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so, so excited. We can watch it. Everybody, go watch the Digimon movie. Uh, it's going to be great. Yes. Even if you don't listen to this like, podcast, please. everyone yes. should see it. Tell all your friends. And listen to the soundtrack. Yes. Oh, my God. The soundtrack. Oh, no, wait. I got to save it. We got to save it for next time. Okay. 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 So much to talk yes. about about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. All right. It's going to be a good one. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.